All right, on the next BeelerCast here, I'm going to be talking to Ray Adamson, who is the SVP of Corporate Development for Sebpo, longtime friend, someone who I actually have to honestly say has helped me think about what Beeler Tech could be. Um, he's one of the people that kept going like, you know what we should do? And that led to, to a lot of things that I am doing, so I have to give him credit for that. And on this episode of BeelerCast, we're going to be talking, I mean, from the rock stars in our industry to what to do when things are tough what to do when things are good, building that foundation. And again, I think some some really good, good ideas um, for everyone as you head into 2023. So with that, welcome to BeelerCast. All right. So Ray, glad you're here. Welcome to BeelerCast. Looking forward to our first podcast together. We haven't done this yet. Yes, sir. And we're here in person too. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, and you're you're coming up from from Georgia. You you during the pandemic you you moved down there. Um, talk about that. Like how like what's 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 it like? What's it like leaving New Jersey to go to Georgia? No, nah, man. I grew up on the Jersey Shore, um, so it's bittersweet. Um, for years and years, like a lot of folks, you know, you make the threats. I'm going south. I'm moving to Florida. I can't take this damn cold. Um, and then we finally just pulled the trigger. We were like, hey, let's let's do it. Um, so we got some some land on a lake and you know, with everything that was going on, it just became uh, it just became easy to do. Cool. I, so can we can we look forward to maybe we'll we'll do a a Beeler Tech Sebpo event down by the lake. We can have everyone kind of come down. Absolutely. Uh, my pontoon boat, it, it fits 12, so we'll, we'll keep it to that number. Maybe we'll drag a couple people behind, but uh, as long as they have drinks in hand, we're all good. So let me ask you, like the, um, and you were someone that I know anytime that we ever talked um, and planning out the things that we were working on or whatever, you were always in the office. I think you you, did, you know had a kind of a ritual around going there, and now now you're working from home, so you're you're doing the whole remote thing now too. So how is that, how's that gone? So it's, it's been a process um, because I have been an office guy. Um, I still am, in my head, an office guy, but I definitely have had to adapt, um, you know, bounce around different parts of the house and things like that. Um, you know, when the pandemic first hit, it was obviously more of a challenge because you had kids in the house, so now it's a little bit more peaceful. Um, but there is that aspect of, you know, everything that went down and people that were working remote, um, it became doable. It became not easy, but it became something that was, you know, you can do. You can right. move if you wanted to. And um, the very nature of our business in general um, and what we do is working remote. We have remote teams around the around the globe. Um, so we were like, hey, you know what? We can do this and we can do it well. I, I feel like there's there's definitely a joke there, <laughs> a line there. It's like, how can a, a company that, that does outsourcing go like, no, you need to be in the office? I mean, right. sure, you want culture, right? I mean, that's one of the things right. that you lose right. in that particular piece. But there's an aspect I would sit there and go like, I think you have a, a means or a method of at least thinking through that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that what you, you just hit, hit the nail on the head because that was, you know, when everything went down um, and everyone kind of hit the panic button, we kind of had to take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's slow down for a second. Uh, we can do this because we do it every day. Um, obviously, there's some nuances to this and we have to, you know, come up with a good strategy. But actually, it was, it was good for our customer base as well because they were able to lean on us for strategies of how to do it and how to do it well. So um, whether it was our, you hit a good point, eh? whether it's our own internal employees or the folks that, which are employees, you know, wherever they are in the globe, um, it was an easier transition for us. Yeah, got it, got it. Well, let's talk about, um, you know, some of the things that are that are going on, um, you know, 
we'll say post pandemic, obviously we're still, still having some of the effects so forth, but like, you know, with the economy, with everything that's kind of going on, you're talking to companies who are again, trying to think through what the next year looks like and, and so forth. And I'm just kind of curious as to some of the trends, some of the things that you're, you're seeing in terms of the conversations around staffing and all these sorts of things. I mean, there's an aspect that like, um, you know, like reframe the question, right? Right, which is really like when you, when you're talking to someone in your role, right? There really is an aspect of understanding their business mm-hmm. and how it works, yeah. right? And then from there, you start to sit there and go, like, where might we plug in? So some of your questions, I'm sure, for some of your potential clients or or your existing clients, get really deep and right to the matter of like, how's business? What's going on? And I'm kind of curious as to what you're hearing on the street and and how you feel, you know, what things feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's the more transparent our current customers are and our prospective clients are, um, the better off these relations, as painful as that may be. Um, And and whether it's right now, talks of a potential recession or woes or people tightening their belts or looking at budgets – no one's hiding any of that anymore. Um, and the less they hide things like that, the easier it is to pull back the layers of the onion and figure out how you how you do these things. Because it's going to happen one way or the other. It's how you work with your partners. Our, and it's not just us. It's, it's our customers' partners across the board. Um, so working with them on that type of strategy. So if they do have to... When, when C-suite passes something down or leadership passes something down and say you have to cut x amount of people or x no one wants to talk about that shit it's 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 uncomfortable but it has to be done and a lot of times it has to be done quickly so it's some of the groups i remember doug park from expedia um you know we we had that panel session and and i remember something distinctly he said that is we we built the foundation years ago with partnerships like yours, with other automation platforms and things like that. So when the pandemic hit or something like this hits, it becomes less of a lift because we already have the flexibility to tap our, into our partners and move the way we need to because the business is still there. The lift is still there. So if you have to make these difficult decisions and you still have people in-house, the work still has to go somewhere. So if you have to make these strategic decisions – how do you help those people? How do you keep the plan moving forward? Um, and so that's where we've been able to help with that and, and be like the steady hand. In, in, in I want to dive in a little bit deeper into that. But there's something that you said that made me think about that transparency piece that, you know, between this, these conversations about the great resignation, sure. the quiet quitting into whatever, the relationship people have with work, right? And it kind of goes to the, your point about the pandemic and the remote working, Right. People's relationship to their job mm-hmm. has changed, and the relationship with the company to those people has changed. And there's almost been this kind of, hey, we like we have to have some hard conversations now, sure. right? And I think we're all doing that, knowing that there's probably the only way for most companies to kind of go forward is about efficiency and not, you know, you can't really sell your way through this. If you sell some kind of product or whatever, mm-hmm. like to consumers, you can obviously have a hit and suddenly make, you know, billions of dollars. Sure. But when it comes to all the B2B type of stuff, it's harder to sell your way out of that than to actually do it kind of efficiently. And that's a management to the people doing the work conversation that I think has been something 
those those hard conversations you kind of mentioned, they're starting to kind of really happen, right? And so I think that there's some there there's an aspect like we can all start to talk about this a little bit more in a way of going like, yeah, you know what? Very likely next year in 2023, you'll have to do what you do now with the same or less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not tough times for everyone. Like there, there will be, I mean, again, it isn't like some people will be um, getting stronger, but a lot of people are going to be sitting there holding back and so forth. And that creates a unique strain, which I think hits on what you were saying, right, with what Doug talked about is that that foundational piece, right? right? Yeah, and it's it's not <clears> – tough times, they're not all the time, right? And, and there's a lot more good times than there are tough times. But the strategy still has to be in place. So if you're going through those good times, it's the watch what you wish for. So yeah. we're going to get into good – a lot better times, you yeah. know, going forward. And everyone needs to, to just understand that. It might be a little bit tough right now, and the strategy has to be in place to keep the ship off the rocks, which we're doing. But when things get stronger again, you're still going to have to have strategy in place for how to plan for that. Say you, like, you kill it and you start – you're growing exponentially and you're trying to hire like crazy. You still have the – and it's not just us. It's the right. – you're, you're building the foundation with the partnerships that you have, whether it's automation, whether it's us. So in good times when you're scaling up – you have the foundation in place to help you get there in addition to hiring internally. And then when, you know, things get a little bit dicey, you also have the plan in place for that as well. But without that, I mean, right now there's companies doing it very well and there's companies that aren't. Um, and the companies that are doing it well are helping not only the people that, you know, might have to get laid off or something like that and say, hey, there's a path back for you um, in the future, but the ones that are still there, what's the plan in place to make sure that you're not in the office till wherever your office is till 10 o'clock or midnight, um, trying to, to do everything that we signed up to do with our clients. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm actually thinking a lot about the CNN cause I know Chris Licht, uh, he, he, um, I met him through Syracuse, um, university stuff and, um, he's at CNN and he just gave everyone like a day's notice that there will be the layoffs and, sure. and so forth. And it's a, an approach, right. Of just kind of saying mentally prepare for this. And for all the things I can think to ask him, kind of goes along their lines of like, you're letting these people go. How are you going to when it, when times come back? How are you going to build? What are you What are you going to do different? Right? Because there's almost, especially in media, and, and probably more on the agency side than the, the publisher side. Right? There's this idea of like you you hire because you get that client. The minute there's an issue, you let them all go, and then you try to get a new client and hire them back. Right? And I think that there's a – I love that foundation piece to sit there and think about that. And, you know, this is the thing I've said to you before that, you know, the light bulb went off for me long, long ago when someone pitched to me and said, hey, you know, what's your outsourcing strategy? And I'm like, I don't – I'm never going to outsource because I I love my people and I'm going to do this or whatever. But what I did do as an operations person, I sat there and thought – wait a second, could I even outsource? Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to realize whether you actually have that foundation um, in place. Because if you can't outsource because everything is an exception or it always goes through one person or all those types of things, you have you do not have control of your process. Correct. Right? And so I always thought that even the process of evaluating the concept – what can be automated? What can be outsourced? Is like one of those things that like you don't. It doesn't mean on next Tuesday you're going to do it. Correct. Yeah. It's building <laughs> but, the strategy. But you start to sit there and go like, wait, I can actually understand like my process enough to go like this one piece, right? Like you know, 
whether it be screenshots, it could be reporting, it could be um, buying media, it could be any number of things, right? I mean, right. it's, I think that's actually one question for you is, um, I think outsourcing and some of the stuff that you provide has evolved over time. You know, it used to be probably the most menial of tasks, but I think you have clients now that are kind of coming to kind of like, what's next? Can you, can you talk to that? Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, we are. Um, and I think that we hit a point in our history where we decided that this was the space we were going to focus in on. <clears throat> and without doing that, we could have never gotten to what's to being able to say yes to the things that people are coming to us for now. So when you talk about, I've been with the company going on you know, now 13 years. So it was very basic to start. And that was okay because we were building up our our image, um, our name. We abandoned everything else and focused in on this space. And then you, it doesn't matter where the people are on the globe. They're still experts. And they still have all this knowledge of, you know, say we work in 150 given platforms or different platforms in any given day. That knowledge is still there. So the more that we built up that knowledge and the more we opened offices and strategic locations, um, instead of saying no to a lot of these asks, we've started being able to say yes. Um, getting more pre-sale, being more client-facing. You know, the days of, you know, we still have, we'll bring on a new customer and they'll say, oh, no, 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 just stay in your lane. We want you to do X, Y, and Z. And then we get in there and we say, okay, that's fine. And then once we get in there and we start looking at the process and how things are done, they'll say, well, what do you think about this OMS? Can we do it this way? Or what do you think about this platform over here? And we're like, okay, are you ready to have a talk now? <laughs> and so that's neat. So we go from, hey, just do this task and give it back to us to leap of faith, I'm falling backwards and you know, your arms and tell us what to do, please. Um, so that's, that's been the neat part. Well, I think, I think there's a part, and you hit on it earlier about how some of this stuff happens so rapidly. Again, if you're starting to have a need and it's an emergency situation, you're going to make much more rash decisions. And again, you may not be ready for that, sure. for how that plays out. And I think there's a, even if you're dipping your toe into this, right, you start to learn again your process and what can be what can be done. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's the other part is just creatively thinking through how can a partner take stuff off my plate. You know, yeah. again, I think that, and that's something. Let's just take outsourcing out of the out of the framing of it. Everyone should be right now looking at their partners from technologies to services or whatever and going, what more can you do for me? Yeah. Because they just sit there and think that that's the next, that's the next way again to, to batten down the hatches and just be kind of ready for whatever happens. Um, you, you learn who your partners are, right? You, you do. You do. And you, you, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you find out who your real partners are, who's going to be flexible with you because you have your own, our, our customers have their own set of issues. If they need a reduction, if they need to do whatever it is they're doing, we are just one component in a vast landscape of business needs on their part. So the, if we're not flexible, that just makes their lives even more of a headache. So true partners stick together when things get dicey um, mm-hmm. and you try to work together. And, and that doesn't happen overnight. What, what I will say, though, is what's going on right now is leading a lot of people to come to us and say, Fire drill, oh no, I had to do make, and, and that's okay. Is it ideal? No. But are we built now enough to where we could say, okay, even though it's Q4 and your back is against the wall, bang, like let's do this. Let's get to stand up a team within three weeks and make sure that we, we, you know, we keep you out of trouble. And then going forward, let's do it the right way, build a foundation like we talked about earlier, and then it's there. 
it's there when you're going when things are going real well, and it's also there when you have to make tough decisions. Yeah, I always looked at it as um, even again in a normal course of things, um, especially in an operations area that. You know, you look at over. You know, you look at your month, month to month, right? And the beginning of the month, reconciliation, billing, getting campaigns, all hits all at once. Sure. It settles down. Middle of the month can be a little bit quieter. <laughs> it starts to build up again. We'll wait. Which campaigns are about to end that aren't delivering? So you have to like scramble a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you you know rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And there's an aspect of just again, and it, you actually hit on this earlier, and, and I wanted to come back to it of the work just remains, you know, there's just that, that work that always is going to be there. And if you can sit there and, and get people so that they're not just going from one fire drill to another along those lines, now what happens is you take a couple people off that team. Mm-hmm. The work remains, right? Sure. But you've now just placed it on the people that you've decided to invest and keep, right? I mean, is that something that you're you're kind of seeing around the on the board? Yeah, I mean, fortunately for us, yes, but unfortunate for the people that are there holding the bag, you know, because then they're just sitting there with their hands up in the air, going, "Okay, so it's all on me now." And 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 obviously they're going to figure it out. They're going to find a way. But that is happening more than you can even imagine. I mean, just on the way here today, it was, you know, groups that seemingly you would think would be absolutely knocking it out of the park right now that are still saying that they need to slow things down, slow spend down. They're having to make tricky decisions. But then to back to your point, it falls back to the folks that are that are there trying to get it done. And they will get it done. We're all rock stars in this space. But how do you do so so you don't push them out as well? So you, you, you made a strategic decision, decisions to keep certain people for certain reasons. Right? So if you if you don't communicate with them what your plan is in order to not just make their life a living hell, um, then they're just going to leave. You know why? Because they can. So it's good managers, good leadership that are doing this. They're, they're delivering the news that they have to right next to a plan of how they're going to execute. Well, your, your education of me on this particular point you just made, right? These are the conversations that you and I have whenever we get a chance to catch up at, a, at, a, at an event or we just, you know, um, talking strategically about, you know, where to go with things. That kind of inspired, and you mentioned rock stars and you talked about the kind of the people are behind. Like my article in Ad Exchanger was really kind of built off some of the things that I learned from you on that front because there is that part of, great, this is my rock star, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we're still at a point in our space that companies that have specific individuals will see greater success, right? Like the the talent pool isn't such, and it isn't all worked out far enough to sit there and go like, oh, all you need is X person with background or whatever. It really comes down to, I have someone who found their way into ad operations and for whatever reason keeps showing up the next day sure. and then they want to do more and then they want to start to like, you know, that was my career. My career was, this is awful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. My solution was to try to solve problems further up the chain, right? So if I could sit there and help influence how sales sold, if I could influence how we created products or whatever, I'm making my operations life easier, right? Sure. 
those that kind of person are there and they're not not every company has one right and so people get them and they're awesome and then if you don't support them to your point they have options they do have options and you know i think we hit i think you sat in on the panel at ops and we had a great great panel up there and i think it was janelle who had made the point that we don't always have to show somebody you always want to show somebody upward mobility so they feel valued at their company. But that upward mobility doesn't necessarily have to be out of ad ops. It, it can be, but if you don't nurture, we think about this. In the last six months, we went from doing panel sessions about the great resignation and trying to keep our key employees, all of our employees, and, and collaborating on ways to do that the best way possible to where we are right now. Right. That happened in six months. But I don't see – I don't. I see them as being very different, but I see the strategy should be the same. You shouldn't treat them any different. You went from trying to give somebody more vacation time, give them more money, all these things to keep your key people. Now it should be those things of talking about, um, you know, what's the plan going forward? Still talk about those things, but now how do you give them the tools to execute just because the company might be – in a tough spot doesn't mean you should put your people in that same tough spot. You should give them the tools that they need in order to execute their their strategy. Well, that's where, you know, that phrase that I, you know, I've put in that, that article, you know, that operational creativity, to your point about what Janelle yeah. said, right, is just this idea that, like, you really want people looking, you know, again, efficiency is where it's at, right? I mean, and to... Again, good times, bad times. And there's different ways of getting there. Right. hundred percent. So and, and each organization is different in that respect, right? And so that's what you you need that person doing that. And if you are saddling them and just saying, Hey, you have less people to to do these tasks, that work still exists. You know, Rob, too, one of the things that I think people get the misconception is that just because our business model includes an outsource model, um, not completely, but you know, for execution, is that we're deathly afraid of companies that bring the word automation into play. And that's just not true because there's there's ways that our company tries to automate things to do things more efficiently, but there's also parts of our customers' business that it makes sense to, to automate certain parts of their business. And for us as an organization to embrace that because at the end of the day, we are an extension of our client's team. So if we're, as an extension of our client's team, wanting to be treated just like we are a part of our client's org, kind of pushes back on parts of – it's their strategy. And part of their strategy is to automate certain components of their business. So we need to embrace that because we're embracing what the strategy is of our clients as well. So like I said before, there's different ways to get there. Um, and it doesn't have to be sticking your head in the sand, thinking that technology isn't going to be you know, right, right on the forefront. It's how do we embrace it, which we, which we are as an organization, but also on, on behalf of our clients as well. Um, so it's important people know that as well, is that it's not one or the other. Right. And I, it's just not. Right. <laughs> and I think, and, you know, you, you kind of hit a, a point there in terms of, um, I think for a lot of people, fear of automation, fear of these things and, and how that all works, right? There's just an aspect, that it's coming, right? Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we just... We need it as an industry just to – well, again, I'm, I'm thinking more about like um, 
just regular publishers. Mm -hmm. I, I know, like the platforms have a lot of this solved mm -hmm. um, on their own and whatever. But as publishers, we have to we have to figure out this automation piece. And if that means you have to kind of look at your job, and if you go like, what I do is probably, you know, something that could be outsourced or be automated. I don't want to put fear in people's minds, but you you have to sit there and go like, what do you bring? And what a great opportunity that is, because they they do we we need more rock stars, right? Oh, so that's people, my yeah. The people component is massive. So automation isn't magic, um, garbage in, garbage out type. You know, if if you if you haven't done the work that you need to, I don't care if it's partnering with an, an outsourcing company or or trying to bring on any type of automation tool. If you're the good good part is companies like ours will help with that documentation to make sure that it's all cleaned up and we do that for our side of the business but we also do it on behalf of our our customers as well whoever asks us to, to to try to figure that out because a lot of times people just think all right well i'm going to hire this company to for outsourcing i'm going to hire this company for automation i'm going to snap my fingers and it's all <laughs> going to be magic and then it turns out to be a shit show um so yeah i mean there's there, there's rock stars people in our space like that's not going away it's not going away anytime soon. So, I, I, you know, don't be fearful. I mean, the people, the good leaders that have brought on orgs like us and, and different tools that they bring on, they don't do it in the shadows. They invite their people and their rock stars, the people on their team, into the conversation and say, this is what I'm doing. This is why we're doing it. It's going to make your life easier. It's not a threat to you. It's because I want you in front of our customers more. Right. I don't want you spending 70% of your time heads down in a job that I didn't hire you for. That, <laughs> you know, that's the part, right? I think that always gets lost in it, right? Is that they, you know, someone from an operations side will say, we need more people. And you lay out the argument for why you're hiring someone. Mm -hmm. And you put together, like, we'll be able to do this, we'll be able to do that or whatever. But if you, like... So often those people don't get to do those things because of all the they other don't. stuff, right? Not and even so, close. Right? It's just, it seems like that's the opportunity. And again, so that if someone's more in a junior role, you start to aspire to do the things that you were actually hired hired to do and what, where, where that's going to go. Because again, there is a need for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think there's still, still that idea for, for mobility. You know, you hit on people's extension um, of your team uh, you know, you're an extension of their team. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that we've done together, you know, collaborations that we've done um, on our first impressions product, you know, the thing that Beeler Tech, you know, we do, these those videos, is you've had some of your clients talk about their actual relationships with your teams. Mm -hmm. And I don't, if you want to talk about whether Rachel or Janelle or whatever, like, t tell talk a little bit about, like, how deep that extension of your team concept goes. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. And now that we're kind of we're getting back into domestic travel, international travel, and things like that, it's the the clients that we have that truly embrace our people as parts of their team and not just another vendor um, are the are the partnerships that go very well. So when we conduct our on-site visits, whether it's to Dhaka or El Salvador, um, and we bring you know people like Rachel, um, it's. It's actually, I, I know this sounds corny, but it's kind of like a, a life-changing experience because you're not only embracing new cultures, but you're understanding the dynamic of, you know, our customers versus the teams they have in place, and you take it to a whole nother level. Um, being on video obviously is important. The very nature of our business is distant, but it doesn't have to be so distant. 
It's how well do our clients send corny swag over, you know, mm-hmm. cup holders, koozies, shirts, hats. It goes such a long way. And it's it, it really – our ultimate goal is for new employees at our customers to not know where we start and stop and internal employees finish and to have that so collaborative that it doesn't matter. It's just a, it's just another person, just another alias. And, and that's where it becomes the, the healthiest. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> just thinking through, I think it was Janelle and his session, just talking about like celebrating people's birthdays and, and I just like, Oh my God, cake. But yeah, I've never, I, one visit to our offices in Dhaka, I'll eat more cake in a week <laughs> than I will in five years. Because they – and that's – how cool is that? They celebrate everything. Your two-year milestone, somebody's birthday, your – I don't know, your dog being able to give you his paw or something. Like, let's make a cake for it. So um, – and that's the neat part. And they'll have cake even if you're not there. But they'll do it on video. Um, and I just – like, fun stuff like that, I think – it really helps. Just brings up, you know, personify. It just again, you're working with people and and so forth. I think I think there's such a cool dynamic to that that again, um, hasn't been my experience in the past. I've never actually, you know, again, um, done that. So there's a piece of it going like that's that's pretty cool. That's again, I want to I want to bring more people into the fold than just again think I'm just sending off an email and getting a report back and I don't even know what's on the other side of that. I think mm-hmm. there's just an aspect that like. You know, because I know in my mind when I sit there and think about all these tasks and go like, oh, well, that's a special case. So, oh, you know what? I don't even want to deal with that. I'm going to do it myself, right? If I know who the person, you know, if I know that other team and I consider them a part of my team, the ability to sit there and adjust, adapt, learn, hey, can you try this? Like all of that becomes something because, again, it's me more talking to Ray mm-hmm. versus info at or, you know, oh, requests absolutely. at, right? You know? Absolutely. And, the, you know, to that point, the conversation of, quote, quote, outsourcing, you know, coming from, oh, no, it's such a scary, it's a scary word. It's become so embraced, not only with our current customers, but other groups as well um, that, that use different companies to where you'll have department heads and leaders saying, wait a minute, you know, why does the ad ops department get to have, you know, 10 or 20 extra people doing this type of work and alleviating the pressure on their internal, on our internal people? I want that too. So we go from one department to sometimes six, seven, eight different departments where we're alleviating that pressure and stress across the boards because that's the... The universe of tasks that we handle are, are just so vast, and it, it just it grows every single day, week, and month. I mean, it, it feels like we work with one client on one particular aspect. means, obviously, again, you're learning all those systems. You're learning all those things. The next person that's asking you for that, you're already bringing that to the table, right? I mean, again, you, you seem to like be in a position to kind of learn all these particular tasks across all these companies. And so when they're ready to, again, have someone help with with buying media, right? You know, um, sure. something like that. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, we're lit. I mean, if it's one broadcast uh, publisher that we handle linear for, and you just kind of go to, it's not a. I'm not. Gonna, I think our sales team would kill me if I said this. So I'm not going to say it's an easy sale, <laughs> but I'm saying like it doesn't have to be a cheap conversation. It's just very brass tacks, operational. We're doing X, Y, and Z for this group. We feel like it might apply over there. Let us know if that if that makes sense. Right. Um, same right. thing with you know presale and, and media planning. Some people are like, whoa, you guys handle media planning, and it's like, yes, we do. 
and, and you're not blazing any new trails. We're just going to bring the best practices of what we're doing over here over to you. And then it just becomes a, a much easier conversation at that point. Well, you, you mentioned the best practices, and that, that goes to something that, that you've been involved in. It, it came out of a, the base camp event, right? And it Killer event, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and one of the things that came out of that was this idea of, like, let's start mapping out, like, direct sold. You know, again, which is not the top topic in our industry. It's really not. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you go to many publishers, it's it's their majority of the revenue, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like – so it's something we kind of all took on to sit there and start to establish that kind of workflow, some of those best practices. And, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm excited about going into next year is taking it to the next level of not just like, okay, here's the – common language around this, but we start talking about roles and responsibilities. And again, you know, my end goal is, mm-hmm. is, is somewhat aspirational, but to the point where people can start to do more of a cost of goods, you know, cost of doing business and going, how come we're spending so much on uh, QA yeah. or, or media planning and look at that and go like, wow, how do we compare to others in a sense where you could, could literally sit there and make a business decision around that with numbers. Because I think that's probably one of the toughest things you have to deal with, right? Where someone goes like, okay, but like how much time am I really saving or how does this really work? It's kind of like you need to hear from someone else that's gone through that process. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And that's the, the neat cl- – so instead of – not to say that normal conferences aren't great where somebody gets up on stage and they talk for 45 minutes about either their company or platform and how it can help and benefit people. What I would say is this this evolution, this approach that um, Beeler Tech has brought to the table um, has been the, a collaboration component that has vendors and publishers and, and everyone sitting in a room together talking out, like you just said, w- their world. What are they facing? What are the costs? And it, it is wild. It's almost like a therapy session. <laughs> People get in there and it's like, holy shit, they do. They, they're going through the same thing as us. And then... The, the folks that are there too, that no one no one cheapens it by just coming in over the top with a pitch. It's all just about strategy. And the coolest part too are the takeaways. So we've gone from like listening to somebody talk to me for 45 minutes to actually collaborating and coming up with follow-ups and really working problems, issues, and, and having those appropriate follow-ups. So I think the whole community, um, the more people we bring into it, I think the stronger it's going to be because it's it's just really, I think it's helped everyone. I appreciate that. And I think, I think there's just been a need and there's an aspect that like everyone is sitting there trying to figure all this stuff out right. and, and there's, um, there's no one way to do it, but what I hear and every time I, you know, I'm, I'm just coming back from Toronto where I, I had a dinner with a number of publishers and just, you hear the nuance of how someone says something different than you do. And you just go like, why do you say it that way? And sometimes then there's like a new idea, right? Like, Absolutely. wait a second, I haven't really thought through that mm-hmm. particular approach and so forth. Um, Ray, we've hit a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of like, uh, I mean, I think, you know, we, we kind of started this with, um, you know, you're, you've, uh, you've made the move down to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to, to figure out uh, a way to, you know, to uh, manufacture a reason to come and stop by. Got a big guest room. Come on down. You're always welcome. <laughs> and uh, hang out on the lake. It sounds like, sounds like, uh, like paradise. And um, 2023, we're working on all this stuff. I mean, obviously, it sounds like you are and you and the company are, are busy at Subpo, mm-hmm. just, you know, talking to new clients who are, of course, facing these issues to the existing clients. So, again, it's amazing, right? Like you're dealing with people who are 
having to being kind of forced in this direction, and then the other people were just building on the same direction. I think this all comes back to that foundational piece of mm-hmm. thinking through your business in a different way. Any thoughts about? Um, I don't know what what should we do next in 2023 or what what uh, what conversations are you looking forward to? I just I think we need to stay dynamic. We instead of it's so easy to just to go through the motions and and you know attend a conference and listen and and take away some of that important information, but I think we're collectively as a community we're on to something to where we're not so secretive about the way we do things. Um, I, I can't tell you how many high level you know, colleagues, I have people, peers in the industry that have come to me and say, hey, Ray, you guys are like the guy behind the curtain, right? You're the ones pulling the levers. Can you help us come together? Same people come to you the same way, or they'll come to me and then I'll come to you and say, hey, we need to get people together, you know, broadcast pubs for this reason, because they just want to share and collaborate. I think the theme should be continue and stay the course of sharing and collaborating. Um, the, The more transparent, people can be within the confines of NDAs and things like that, um, I think the better we can help each other out. Um, I know that's a huge theme for us going forward with our customers is our customers are going to be more transparent with their forecasting with us, which helps us better prepare to hit the mark for them. But I think overall in the industry, I think 2022 was a huge step in the right direction of collaborating everybody um, and not separating yeah, so I, I just hope we stay the course there. I think I think that's great, and you just hit something that again we've talked about in the past of just you know what maybe next Q four will will kill it right like again good times are going to come back. Are you going to be ready? And there's just that aspect again of like just either trying to like do more with less, do more with the same. I think we just have to sit there and just keep keep looking at what you do, and again bring it up to other people because they have that same issue. It, it feels good sure. to your point. Like it feels good to hear that other people are, are, are having the same struggle. Sometimes it's good to commiserate and kind of, and we all, I mean, it is, right. we all punt the football when, you know, I'm just as guilty of procrastinating. And, but if you, if you put some of the time in with a, with a lot of help to your point, I mean, that foundation, when, when things start kicking again, you're going to be like, yeah, thank God I did this back in, you know, December or January when things slow down a little bit because now it's there because, you know, we're killing it again. Yeah, it's, a, it's the lever or the dial or whatever right. it is. Just be able to be ready, be able to turn it back up mm-hmm. when it, when the when the time comes. That comes on. Well, Ray, thank you so much. Uh, you know, uh, we will continue our conversations as we as we do. We're, we're, we're on the same circuit often at the yes, same sir. events, and uh, I look forward and so glad to, to see you in, in person again. So Yeah, agreed, Rob. Thanks thanks for having me, and I'm, I'm glad I uh, made the trip back up to, to Jers to, to be with you here today. Thanks, All right, uh, cool. Good, good and uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to putting on the next podcast here soon. So, Ray, thanks for uh, help kicking us off, uh, you know, as we revive and get Beeler cast back and, and on the regular. Damn straight. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks, Ray. Thanks, bud.